Hey, between the life, uh, between the game and life today, I have a really special guest uh, to me, uh, mentor, brother, all the above. I can't, there's not enough words to describe him, but I have uh, Will Schaus, coach of Asbury, my college coach on with me today. What's up, coach? Hey, I don't think I've ever heard you say my first name. It's been coached the whole time we've been known each other. So <laughs> to hear you say Will Schaus is, uh, makes me feel old. Yeah. But, it's uh no everything you said is right. I mean, you're one of the reasons I coach, and and our relationship now. You can always tell the ones that value their time, and you went through a lot here. I've I've watched the other podcasts. You went through a lot here and after, and I feel like I've been there every step of the way. Yeah, my intention was to uh, bring you on, and you tell everyone how great I was. But maybe maybe we'll save that for my jersey retirement ceremony. <laughs> I can talk. I can talk about some specific <laughs> moments that are, that are really fun uh, in your time, but yeah, it's uh, gosh, I was such a young buck then coaching you. I think I was, I think I was just thirty, maybe thirty-one. Yeah, I mean, had so much to learn. Still have a lot to learn, but um, even then, really. Yeah, I enjoy talking to coaches because uh, you know, there's one thing to use the game when as a player, but. I feel like coaches have a special appreciation for the game and for life and the life lessons that they want to give back to the people that they've coached. So I wanted to ask you, um, you know, what was your experience with basketball growing up, where you're from, but also who was some, who are the coaches that had a impact on you? Well, the, the cool thing was, is, um, you know, youth leagues were, there weren't a lot of them in our area and they just started one, over, I grew up in the, um, it was kind of the tri-county area of Anderson County, Shelby County, and uh, Spencer County. Uh, a little place called Mount Eden, very small farming community. But we were always, you know, always, always had a ball in our hand. But when I was seven years old, they had started this league over in this place called Baghdad, Kentucky. If you ever see the Wadi Paytona exit, yep. it's off of there. And they'd asked my dad um, if he would coach one of the teams, but it was for eight and nine-year-olds. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do it if you let my son play as a seven-year-old. So that was my first introduction to it. And seeing my dad coach, I remember my dad studying, like going to the library, buying books, how to coach youth league basketball. I mean, he, he played basketball in high school and things, but, but through that, like him studying just how to coach a youth league, I was like, wow, he, he really took it serious. And that was probably the start of things. And I played for him and I got to middle school and, and played uh, I was in the Shelby County school system in middle school and uh, my dad got a job at Anderson County. So I played at Anderson County high school. And then came my my other huge influence was uh, my high school coach, uh, coach Yuri. Uh, he was at Anderson County for 30 plus years. And uh, I still talk to him. We, we either text or talk to each other once every couple of weeks. If I'm going through town, I always stop and see him, but his passion for the game and then the love of us was so intense that I was like, I wanted to be a part of that. And also, if you remember, it was, I don't know how it was in the Lexington area where you played, but the coach in a, in a town, I say small town, Anderson County had one high school. He was looked at as a pillar in the community. Right. I mean, more people knew his name than the mayor, you know? Yeah. Or whether he's going to a restaurant, you heard the whispers, hey, Coach, coach Jury's over there. He's, he's a high school coach. And, um that, you know, obviously that power is pretty cool then, but, you know, just how we all looked up to him. Now, he was tough, tough, tough. Um, and 
Some some guys couldn't handle it, but I was one of those. I loved the game so much that I saw through his his hardness and saw that he just wanted the same things I wanted. When did when did it uh, kind of click to you that you were you know following love falling in love with the game, and then once you fell in love with it, what did that like development look like? outside of the structured practice time. And I'm asking that because you're known for your uh, a jump shot. And so I wanted to know how you how you got it silky smooth, buttery. <laughs> Spoken from another guy who's got a great looking shot. <laughs> the, um, I think, so at some point you realize you're not going to play in the NBA. That was probably around my freshman year in high school. And I was one of those that, it probably should have came earlier, but the, um, during those times, you're like, well, how can I stay in the game after my playing career is done? And, you know, I was just 15 at the time, but I remember uh, I would borrow Coach. Coach uh, Drury had all these films in his office, of all the games of all the, the games that they better play. And he kept everything. Mm -hmm. So I asked him one day if I could watch some of those. And he said, will you take any of them that you want to take? And uh, so I started taking game after game and seeing, like, what I thought were legends – you know, in our high school days, uh, who I grew up watching and things. And, you know, I just, just studied it. And it wasn't like I was studying it to to try to to do any other thing than just I loved basketball. And, you know, I saw the shooters that I, I, I liked and, and I wanted to make sure that I got open like they did and their release and things. So that when I figured out that not many other 15-year-olds were doing that, I was like, wow, you know, this is probably what I want to do with my life. Yeah, what it so in Anderson County and in that that tri-state area, um, did you guys play uh, pickup a lot? Like, did you pay? Did you play at the park and such? Yeah, oh yeah, and that's something that you don't see as much. And well, we had a, a this place in town called the Fairgrounds, um, and they had it was one court with the the hard double rims. Yeah. Um, and but when I got my license, I'm telling you we would go find games and there's, you know, we didn't have cell phones or anything. We just word them out there. They're hooping. And there was a place in Frankfurt because it's close to Frankfurt as well. And uh, down there by Kentucky state, they have um, Capitol view park and go in there and play. Um, there was a place in Shelbyville you could play. And then if you really, you know, if you got a five together, you'd come up to the blue courts uh, in Lexington, but no outdoor is what made me better than just a shooter during that time, because you can't rely, you know, the wind's blowing a certain way. Mm -hmm. But another thing is, and I know you know this, if you can make shots out there, you can make them anyway. Yeah. And you got to overcome some stuff, but the toughness aspect of it, when you need a bucket, trying to get that bucket, making sure you make it. And um, now I wish that I could have, you know, I wish they, all my players would, would go through that. But the good thing is gyms are so accessible now for a lot of people. I would have killed to have gym access, but looking back, I think it really helped me playing outside. Yeah, when I used to work out in the summers, I used to seek out double rims just just for yeah. the touch on the jump shot. Who were who were some of the local guys that you looked up to? And um, from your area, did you have anybody that play like D one or anything like that? So probably uh, there was a couple people. Uh, believe it or not, uh, growing up. Greg Mason, who's the head coach at center. I don't know if you know him. Um, he, his dad, when I was in the Shelby County School so I was, I remember I was in fourth grade. Um, his dad was like the, his dad was the high school coach. He, Eddie Mason, he passed away last year, but um, Greg was a point guard on that team. And they went to the state tournament 
Um, we followed, that was when like, we followed the team and the state tournament then, like it rotated every year. Like it, it played in Freedom Hall one year, then we played in Rupp the next. So remember there's me in the Freedom Hall in Louisville. And I just, the crowds and things watching them and how they were kind of, like they were the man when they, they showed up different places. But Greg Mason was a very good player for them. But when I came to Anderson County, there was a guy named Wayne White who was a, a lot like I wanted to be as a shooter. He was really built different, kind of long and lanky. And, uh, but man, he could shoot it. He ended up playing, um, into, went to Lindsey Wilson mm-hmm. and then uh, finished at Oakland City. But I just remember he was the big time player that I wanted to be. Um, but as far as college goes, I was a huge Rex Chapman fan. Huge. Um, I mean, the thing looking back is, you know, stereotypical um, white guy uh, doesn't get up like that dude did. <laughs> and we all thought, like, oh, well, if I just work just hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we weren't blessed with some of the things he was blessed with. So I'm, I really paid more attention to his getting open and shooting and his quick release. Um, but, yeah, he, he gave us all false hope. <laughs> all right. So Rex Chapman was a big person you looked up to. Um, so I'm guessing you were a big a UK fan uh, growing up as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and see, I, I was through that time where – when I was falling in love with the game, which is fourth and fifth grade, uh, Kentucky got put on probation. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing they did, you never see this anymore. I don't know if you, you remember this or if anybody's told you, but they had a band from TV. Yeah. Couldn't watch them. Yeah. And you had to listen to them on the radio. I sound so old with that. And listen to them on the radio or the next year they had where you could watch tape delay, but you had to stay up to like 11 o'clock at night to watch right. And so Rick Pitino then comes in and, you know, changed his whole program. Jamal Mashman was another one I loved, loved. I mean – Monster he, Mash. I remember he right. had a poster where he was, like, holding the Crushing ball, but it was, like, deflated. Yeah, yeah. He, But he kind of saved – I mean, he came at a time, like, his freshman year, they couldn't play in the NCAA tournament. I mean, who's, who's making that decision now right. to, to go to place? But, I mean, it turned out well for him. But my era of college basketball was – you know, that and then led into a very, uh, uh, I guess, instrumental time for me because, like, the Fab Five was during my era. That was when I was in middle school. You can believe, like, watching those guys and the trends that came along with it. And, you know, you couldn't wait to watch. The Big Ten always played on Saturday. So, you want to catch – you know, you had uh, Glenn Robinson, you know, big dog. You'd have him at Purdue playing yeah. against uh, Chris Weber, Jalen Rose and Fab Five. And those were, and then you had like Ohio State and Jim Jackson. Those mm-hmm. Saturday games, you just, you know, must see TV. That's right. That's right. And then, and then you were also growing up in the uh, Michael Jordan era as oh, well. Yeah. So the so the NBA was pretty exciting. One question I wanted to bring up as we were discussing your um, playing career, and it's something that I struggled with in my own playing career. So when I was at Bryan Station. Um, a, a few of my friends and teammates, they were really good all-around players. You know what I'm saying? They they didn't stand out at anything, like Shelvin, Charles, and them. They didn't really stand out at anything, but they could do everything well. Right. And so I tried to pattern myself after them, which is being a jack-of-all-trades a little bit. But now as I look at the game, like the game is really centered on being a specialist. Right. Um, but it seems like at a young age, you were able to figure that out of like, here, like I know my strengths, and I'm a, right. I'm a play to those. The cool thing about that, Kim, was that yes, I had like, 
I mean, shooters were glorified. You know, I just, in my mind, the Wild West, you know, you just come in, shoot first, ask questions later. And, and I wanted to be that, that kind, of, uh, kind of player. But Coach Drury uh, put the ball in my hands a lot, not just Ramiel screens. Early, he made me handle the ball. And um, I, I didn't know why he was doing that. I was like, I just want to get down there and shoot. But yeah. he made me handle it a lot because, you know, in high school, a lot of times if you take the point guard out of the game, you know, it's hard to get the ball for. So he was getting it ready for – we had a really good point guard for times where he was being taken out of the game. So I got to handle the ball quite a bit, and that really helped in my development. But, but no, it, it – it, I looked at myself and things I like to do was shoot, and I was like, I don't care. It's, you can be a really locked-down defender, but if you can put the ball in the basket, yeah, it, you'll see the floor a little quicker. And I hate to say that it's going public now because I want everybody to guard, but <laughs> – but you, if you can put the ball in the basket, you know, you're going to have to see some time. There's going to be a time where a coach can't, can't draw anything up, is working, can't put the ball in the basket at night. You just look at you and go get a bucket. Yeah. And you were better one on one player, much better one on one player than I was. If I could just get one screen, I get you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Thanks for that little shout out. So, yeah, what, yeah. so it, a, after high school, what went into your decision to go to Asbury and could it have been a, um, any other place? Um, so I played in the state tournament my junior year, um, but we had nine seniors, so I was definitely a role player, and I was that shooter that we played against the zone. I played. It was awesome experience. We won the eighth region, beat Oldham County by one point. I mean, wow. it, was, it was crazy. So, um, but that got me a little bit of uh, attention, not like big show or anything, but, you know, I was getting some letters. Back then it was all letters, you know, mm -hmm. and because people would just – look down and, and it's, a, it's probably a smart thing they would look at the state tournament rosters and whoever was returning they'd send them you know a letter so it wasn't like they really knew my game at all they just knew I played in a program that had won and um I had visited of course I visited Asbury um I visited Thomas Moore um Mount St. Joe's um Earlham College and Kentucky Christian I, I visited those because that was about the level that I you know I don't really know. My coach did a good job of guiding me towards where I could play. Um, athleticism wasn't my strength, so I knew I had to go to a place where I could use my skill more. Um, but no, the best thing that Asbury did was they came to, again, Coach Aller, who is my mentor as well, he uh, he came to a game, and I remember specifically asking my dad, he said, what, uh, what do we have to do to get Will to Asbury? And dad very specific said, just tell him you want him and he's got a spot. Yeah. And so after the game, he's like, we really want you at Asbury. And we like, we got a spot for you here. And I was like, I, I felt like I needed to go ahead and do this because I didn't want to wait around. Right. Cause if we see so many guys wait and wait and wait, but it was also 40 minutes from my house. Um, you know, I, I didn't know anybody. I'd, I'd come to some games. I didn't know anybody on the team or anything, but I just knew that with it being close and, Obviously, I had good parents, and I didn't survive very much beyond you know, 40 minutes from home back then. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so how would you describe – so you had a pretty good career at Asbury. Um, how would you describe your playing experience at Asbury from a you know, athletic standpoint, but also from a faith standpoint? Because I think we've, we've swapped stories about our, mm -hmm. our past before Asbury, and you've been open – 
but like how so like did your faith grow during your time at Asbury and such oh yeah the funny thing was is when I first came to Asbury obviously I just came I was gonna play basketball that's yeah boom that was a place for me to play I didn't realize it was going to be a lifestyle here I thought it was just I'm, I'm coming going to class playing ball um and it used to be a thing where people would look at the athletes like oh well, he just came here to play basketball and I did right but little did I know God was using basketball as a way you know to change my life and now to hopefully help help others get to know him through the game I mean what a what a blessing to use a passion that you have in basketball and Christ in the same sentence yeah and that was not something that I immediately got my playing career here career here I played behind the all-time leading scorer for two years very much a role player spot player for the first two years uh played on the JV good thing was coach was was using the same offense that used from varsity and I was playing the same spot I was going to play. But when it was, you know, my turn or my time to shine, but I went from, you know, averaging three or four points a game freshman, sophomore year to I was ready for that junior year. And, you know, as a shooter, I hit 93 three-pointers that year. Mm -hmm. The next year I hit 131. And, um, I accomplished everything as far as individually, uh, maybe all conference teams scored a thousand points. Uh, we won 25 games, got to the Christian College National Tournament. Everything I went to, I just didn't do as quick as as my 18 year old self wanted it to happen. And that's what what I kind of preach to guys here. It's one thing to say, it's another thing to live it. But I was not as patient sitting sitting over there <laughs> as I like to, to say because. You know, I think at the time that I looked in the mirror and said, I'm not a very good defensive player. Yep. I'm not that second guard right now that's going to be able to break the press at the end of the game. You know, when that last four minutes is like reaching grab time that you got to have strong volume. I was not that good. And when I was able to look and say, you have to change it. If you can't be coached, you have to add these things to your game. And I did. And, you know, it, it really helped me um, understand because – you know, we can blame a lot of things on people, but look in that mirror and fix it, fix it. Yeah. What, what went into the, like, what was your preparation heading into your junior year? If you can remember it. Um, Cause I love, I, I love this yeah. kind of conversation. Cause I love to talk about like development and mindset. So, you know, like you've been playing the JV and now, you know, it's your time. So mm-hmm. talk about your mindset, like entering that season and the work during the summer. Well, there wasn't the, I mean, we had the internet then, but it wasn't something that you immediately went to. You didn't know what, where to go and what to do as far as getting better. So somebody, I don't know, I would love to remember who it was. Somebody told me about jumping rope. So I would, I jumped rope the whole summer. I mean, one leg, two leg, backwards, forwards, mm-hmm. everything to try to help a little bit with my quickness and footwork. And also along with that, I got more confidence in that. And I played all outdoor that summer, all outdoor. That was the most I've ever played. I, I went down, I went into some environments that I was not very comfortable in. Yep. Um, <laughs> gotten some altercations I was not comfortable uh, being in. But every time I went, and every time I'd leave, no matter how I would perform, I always felt like I had accomplished something and stretched myself. And, um, you know, maybe got the respect of some people in those areas. We, they also built a new um, place between Lawrenceburg, where, where my hospital was, and Mercer County. There was a park out there. 
and people from like uh, Harrodsburg would meet there in Lawrenceburg, and then you'd have people from Boyle County and Danville would meet there on certain nights, and you could really get some good games. But where I really got the most help was you'd see an, an, an older guy, probably like younger than me now. Like I was probably looking at guys like your age now as like the older guys, but right. they would when they would come and see something in you and try to get you shots and try to win a game, you see, or you're like, man, they're not here trying to get better. They're here to compete. They're here to win games. And so they would coach me up. And when somebody would take, um, you know, take pride in, in those things and kind of ownership. And then magically every once in a while, you'd look up at a game at Asbury and they'd come to watch, watch you play. And I think that's kind of helped me in coaching too, taking some guys under your wing, but guys like you who come back to Asbury and, Put your time in really mentoring as I don't think people understand how important that is. And you do a great job of that. We got some others who do a good job of it, but I know uh, I love it when you come back and I know the guys do too. Yeah, I love getting to know the uh, new players every year. And you mentioned something that uh, that I've never really have thought about either. It's uh, like I remember in high school being a freshman or sophomore, and then when we would have open gym, we would play with the guys that were playing in college, you know, and then they would come and, you know, you're kind of nervous because yeah. you don't yeah. want to, like, let them down or you don't want them to yell at you or, you know what I'm saying? They're, they, they're, <laughs> there, they're there to, 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 to win. So Will Carlton, who played for us, he was a senior as a freshman. He went to Utah. Uh, this is at Anderson County. He went to Utah, played with Van Horn. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another oh, – Andre. I'm, uh, as before, Andre Miller. But he was there, and um, then he transferred back to Georgetown. Was an NAI All American, but he got to play a little bit on those on that Sweet Sixteen team for Utah. But he would come back when he was at Georgetown. He bring a guy named Barry Bowman. You know Barry Bowman. Mm-hmm. Yep. Barry Bowman um, played at Georgetown too. He's All American. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, I know he's coaching somewhere now. Can it's somewhere in Lexington. He was on Henry Clay's bench for a, for a bit, but he'd bring him to Anderson County. And I mean, you might as well have been you know, bringing Jordan and Pippen in. <laughs> yeah. Because we looked up to those guys so much, and they they made sure their team – because they, they would only be on opposite teams. Right. And they didn't want to lose to each other. And so they would go at it. And if you were on, on their team, they made sure they got the most out of you. Yeah, because you had to know your role, and then you wanted to knock down shots, and then you felt good after the game when they'd say, like, good job, young fella, or something Yeah, like they, that. they'd dap you yeah. up or something, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, those are good memories of that. It's actually making me remember some of that stuff now because, you know, it's 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 fun to tell these stories. My son's like hurt so many of them. I don't get to tell them to too many people anymore. Right. Yeah. When did it click in your? When did you first think about you know you could potentially coach for a living? Um, my college coach did a great job of like, you know, informing me of things because. This level is a great level for a lot of reasons, and we can list those off, and we'll talk about those. But money is not big. There's not the multimillion-dollar contracts. There's we we're on year-to-year contracts. Mm. You know, you sign one every year, and a lot of times salary is based on the enrollment. You know, you usually get a set one, but you know, obviously enrollment is driving this. So um, you got to make sure college coaching that you go to a place that's secure. And it can pay you. There's so many stories of, of colleges going under now and people not getting paid in the last few paychecks, things like that. But um, so I 
we played in the NCCAA, National Christian College Athletic Association tournament, my senior year, and it backed up the spring break. We got done on like, a, say like a Thursday, and that was during spring break. So like three or four days, I'm just stressing out, like, what am I going to do with my life? You know, like, I wanted to coach, but I didn't know where right. I could get in. And so, I mean, I didn't even wait. Like that Monday, I go in and talk to the coach, and he's like, uh, I'd love to have you, but you know, you're gonna have to volunteer. We got a, a, a we got another assistant that, that's being paid. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, foot in the door. Every one of my assistants now is funny thing started out as a volunteer. Right. Now they're getting paid. So, but the assistant coach um, left, took another job like after a month. So I went from from playing to coaching and getting paid. It wasn't a lot, but I was teaching as well. I was a first and second grade teacher during the day. And then at night was was coaching the big big dogs, but they uh, I think probably during my time as a teacher, I was like, man, I want to go in two feet on this coaching thing because I love it so much. It's all I thought about. Yeah, I mean, to to a you know to a negative point, even like our, my first year of marriage, when we were, uh, I mean, I didn't know how to be a husband then, but I knew that what I wanted to do as a coach. So I was gone like four nights out of the week like recruiting that's before we really trade films very much and get online so i was going to watch our conference teams play taking notes i, I was as great as assistant as i was i was not being a very good husband yeah and so we had to both jump in together and say i needed to work smarter not harder and once that happened i knew that my wife was on board with what i wanted to do and we were going to do it together and once i had her her backing she would have followed me anywhere. Now she followed me to Kentucky Christian, which is two hours from here. And she's born and raised in Wilmore, Kentucky. And she went to Asbury, so she never traveled. She went to LCA in Lexington. So taking a girl from Wilmore to Grayson, Kentucky, which is, if you don't know, it's the far eastern part of the state, close to Huntington, West Virginia, mm -hmm. two hours might as well have been 20 hours away. But it was so good for us because we only had each other we had my son, who's 18 years old now, was two, and my daughter was just born. Wow, yeah. So we we depended so much on that, and that's why I'm like, if, if she's willing to give up her job and things to pick up and move to a place she doesn't even know for a job, you know, that doesn't pay a ton, I mean, we can do this, you know, and, and I appreciate her because I'm telling you, they're not all like that. Not yeah. all of them. You know, not everybody wants to sign up for it. Yeah, and uh, you were just going to Kentucky Christian. It wasn't like you were picking up and getting a job at a major university. Right. right. It was but, It was a full-time job, though. It was a full-time – well, it's it's full-time. Like, I had, like, five jobs. But one of those jobs was was men's basketball coach, and I was I, – I, you know, I'm ashamed to say of where I probably would have taken a job. I'm just glad it was Kentucky Christian because there's no telling – where I would have gone and and tried to coach. Yeah, I like to talk about how, you know, when you have a have a spouse and if you have a demanding career, like you you both got to be on the same page of what of what mm -hmm. that actually looks like day to day. And uh and I'm sure you you probably know marriages that have fallen apart because, you know, wife yeah. or husband wasn't on board to uh, you know, they didn't understand what 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 uh, goes into being a coach day in and day out. Yeah, you can't do them separate. You can't do basketball and and being a dad and uh, husband. You can't do them 
apart from each other. You've got to do them all together. In my in my experience, or else you're going to do both jobs not very good, or halfway do them, which is not any way to do it. You got to have those two combined, and that's why I think of like my team. I know it's so cliche as a coach, but my team is a family because they are a part. My family's involved with them. They're involved with my family. And I couldn't survive any other way. I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, and that's the part I, I love. And now my son's a freshman. I'm coaching him up. So Yeah, yeah it's really crazy cool. how it comes uh, full circle. Talk about your tenure at Kentucky Christian. And more importantly, like uh, that first day you walk in as the head man's basketball coach at what age were you? 26. Yeah, so 26. <laughs> yeah. Coached a bunch of 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. Oh, I had my best player was 24. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, it was uh, – He was a player coach. Yeah, right. So, it was a it was a good experience. The funny thing was I went down and interviewed for the job, and um, the whole thing was tied in with the Christian colleges. We all kind of have a connection with each other. I would always come up after my work uh, as a teacher and come straight to the office. And anybody need to be worked out or if we play pickup, whatever. And I walked in the office, and my, my head coach um, that I worked for, Coach Aller, goes, Hey, just got off the phone with Kentucky Christian. I mentioned your name. Uh, they're looking for a coach. If you want this job, you better, you know, reach out. So I jumped on right there. What do you What do you need from me? And sent all my stuff in. And I was just hoping to get an interview. So I went down. It was like a week later. So everything kind of moved fast. Yep. Went down a week later and interviewed. I remember I, I took my – I had a brown suit. took my brown suit with me. Got dressed in the KFC bathroom because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to wear my suit and wrinkle it up on the way down. So got dressed in there, went and interviewed. I thought it went well, but I think where I where I kind of hammered it home was is the final when they said, "Is there anything else that you have to add?" And I basically said, "You know, I know that I'm in a lot of places would be judged as because of my my age." And I said, I can tell you, nobody's going to work harder. Nobody's going to put in the time. Nobody's going to love the game more than me and love the kids. And I felt like I threw everything on the table. Right. So I walk, I walk out, and there's a uh, like a very established NAI coach from a couple different stops, who's probably in his fifties. You know, he's been a few good places. And I walk past him because he's getting ready to come in for the next interview. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there ain't no way I'm getting this job. Right. So I called with, and I was like, yeah, I think it went okay. I said, I think it went okay. I, good experience. was two hours from Grayson to Wilmore. So I drove, uh, get out of the car, come in, and 15 minutes, I'm telling her about it. My phone rings, house phone rings, and they offer me the job. 15 wow. minutes before I get home. Wow. And so, um, but no, I, so I had to go back down the very next day and meet the team and stuff, which was, was cool. But the, uh, you know, my first practice coming in there, I had my whole practice plan. I did every single drill that we've ever done at Asbury in one practice. Like, I wasn't doing it for any reason other than just we're drilling it up, you know? Right, yeah. And, like, I wasn't trying to – like, I wasn't towards a purpose. I look back. It was just like – it was kind of like a workout, and I'm, I'm, I know these drills, and I'm, I'm a head coach. Yeah, but but why are you doing them? You know, right. is this going to translate into how you want to play? So then I was like, all right, you know, it, it took me a while. So I had to make you know call different people and be like, you know, how how do you transition from wanting to do everything the first day 
it's kind of like if you go to like a clinic or something like that, you learn a lot of stuff and you want to throw all the information that you learned out to the next person you meet. Yeah. That was like, I wanted to do, but I was like, this has got to be a marathon, not a sprint. And you learn along the way, um, still learning, but I know it was an eye-opener uh, with that, but I loved it. Loved yeah. it so much. So as we, as we transition to talking about Asbury and then kind of life, um, you've had a very, I would say, successful tenure at Asbury. You've been the coach at Asbury for how long now? 14 years. This is my 15th. 14 years. Okay. So I've known you for since 2011, 11 years. Okay. And so I've, I've walked, you know, with you through the ups and downs. I know, you know, the teams day in, day out, struggles, wins, successes, um, milestones that you've, that you've achieved along the way. How would you describe your, like your um, current position at Asbury, but also um, talk about like what it means to find success, like your version of success. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, for one, like I think surrounding yourself, like I've said this to you before, so I'm not just throwing it out there to gas you up, but if you surround yourself with people like you who love, you know, who love me no matter if we win or we lose, uh, you know, then you know, you don't ride the roller coaster as much. You feel the support, and you guys surround yourself with the support system. My kids don't care if we win or we lose. I mean, they one day win, but when I come in that house, they just happy to see me, you know. And so I think that's so important because if not, you'll get out of the business quick because mm -hmm. too many ups and downs. Um, but, you know, my, my position here now, we've – I feel like we've done a lot, but I feel like I also just got started. Yeah. Um, I was only 41, right? 41, 42, 42, 42. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I got a lot of years to go, but I think I had to find joy in things other than just the, the wins because, and that sounds like so easy to do. It's not, it's not because try to find joy in playing on the road, losing to a team that you think you should be, and the locker room's not happy after the game. Nothing's open to eat after the game. You got to, you know, you're eating uh, gas station stuff. You're getting in at two in the morning. Um, find joy in that, you know. So you have to set your base on people and not accomplishments. Um, you know, am I pouring into this guy's life? Am I a positive influence? Is he going to take what I said in that locker room and, and take in and, and carry that out in his own life. So, but more important than words, how am I living? You know, mm -hmm. how's he seeing my interactions with my wife, how I talk to my kids, how I talk to other people. You know, I watch how players talk to their moms on recruiting visits. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's a, such a respect thing. And, but as far as wins and losses, I think it, it all changed for me. I, I probably couldn't, couldn't tell much, but it all changed for me in 2015 when my son passed away. After that, I saw it's like I, I all of a sudden was clear to coach them all like my son. Yep. Coach them all. And hopefully I did that with you too, but it did, it was even more clear then because I would give anything to see my son run up down the floor. And so I took joy in more things. Maybe that's the thing, more joy in seeing a player learn how to do something that they couldn't do before. The light bulb go off and since then, I think we probably won more games too. So I don't know. That may go hand in hand, but um, it's also more all about the program and not about 
the year-to-year AAU style. It's got to be about the culture and the program, which I wish a lot of young coaches stepping in would learn that or know that coming in because they're trying to win right away, thinking they can get the next job, mm-hmm. the resume right. No, you're, you'll help yourself out more by getting your culture right. You've coached a lot of players that have gone on to achieve success after college. And I'm meaning like you've had a few players uh, play professionally. Um, You got players that are business owners, pastors, professionals, husbands, fathers. When you see a former player, and this is a deep question, when you see a former player or think about a former player, what, what is it that makes you most proud of them? Um, Gosh, that is, that's a good question because I am. I'm so proud, especially when I see them have like such a successful, you know, they're happy with their life and everything. They And they worked hard to get there. I'm I'm proud that I got a chance to spend, because those are important years, 18 to 22, 23, so important. I'm glad that I got to play a small part in that. But the first thing I do is, is I just want to give them a big hug. Yeah. And I, I want them to, I want, it, want them to be proud of their time they spent here and, and have an impact. But yeah, I, I would think that selfishly, I look at them and say, maybe a small part of something that we talked about helped them get to where they are today. And that's why we keep doing it. It's like playing golf, you know, you, you hit a bunch of bad shots, but you hit one good one and it keeps you coming back. So right. you, you just keep throwing out ways for them to, you know, to learn. Yeah. It's another important question. So, you know, the thing with being a coach at Asbury is you have the athletic side, but you also have the spiritual side. You know, mm-hmm. Asbury is a Christian institution. And I would say, you know, a vast majority of the players that we've had come through there are there to play basketball first mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. all the other things second. You know, for me, I I found Asbury after I was, after I was out of all other options. D1 had come and gone, other junior colleges, other NAIAs. And I was there solely to play basketball. I mean, you remember how I was when I showed up on yeah, campus. Yeah. I was yeah. mad at the world. Mad at the um, world, but I'm telling you, um, your heart was always, always so good. We, we found that, you know, the story from where you came from and where you were until where you are now is the ultimate uh, Asbury experience. Asbury, hopefully Asbury basketball experience too. You know, you found the Lord while you were here and – watching that development and this is a story that you guys like to hear i don't cam didn't get to play as much as he liked um earlier had a great great senior year had some big moments but through that time where a lot of people and this was after cam found jesus he he wasn't playing he could have been mad could have been angry and he might have been but we say coaching brings out all of your negative um character traits. If you have anything you're struggling with, if it's pride, if it's uh, anger, well, mine happens to be like anxiety, depression, things like that. I I can spiral. And I was having one of those moments and I specifically asked him, you know, specifically him, not anybody wishes to do this, to come in and pray for me and pray with me. And he did. And I remember that moment. You're sitting right here across from my desk doing that. And those are how I know that Asbury is having the impact and that we're having the impact because, I mean, that doesn't happen everywhere. I mean, could you imagine yeah. the last time some of these coaches, name them, any of them, are bringing their players in to pray for them? I'm supposed to be one praying for you, right? <laughs> yeah. 
and you're, yeah. you know, so I think if you let your guard down with that and say, I'm, I'm not always going to have to be that guy who stands over top and, and preaches the next lesson. I need to learn from some of these guys and get in their journeys as well. Watching their journey, yours being yours included, has has been such a blessing. And you know, I feel like I, I have a chapter for every player yeah. I've ever coached in my book. You know, yeah. And then on the flip side of that, how do you try to nurture the spiritual aspect for you know your team? Because like I was saying, you you have the range spectrum. You have guys that were grown up in the church and guys that, you know, maybe been to a church a handful of times. But I would say at, at the end of every, you know, Asbury's player's uh, career, you want them to have a spiritual relationship, you know, with uh, with uh, Christ. And so how do you try to mold that while they're there? you got to be intentional about it. You can't just, like, hope that you absorb it one way because there are opportunities where you think that, well, they're going to chapel three times a week and they're going, you know, they're in uh, – Know, Christian theology class, maybe they'll figure out something. No, it's different. We're in a different um, platform. In the state of Kentucky, there are people who will listen to me just because I'm a basketball coach, yeah. just because of the game. And maybe that's fair, maybe it's not. But I take advantage of that situation and I'm able to, to use that. Hopefully somebody will listen to me that normally wouldn't. But those interactions, they don't come in, in a lot of group settings. As you know, you know, you sitting in the front, see the van and us having conversations you know about how the lord's working on our life or you know questions that we have or what i'm struggling with what you're struggling with, that's where it goes down and that's where you see the biggest impact and you don't know i figured figure this out years later you don't know who's sitting in the seat behind us mm. taking in the whole conversation yeah or a couple rows behind us taking it all in and then they have a question so it it spreads and um, if you can get a hold on that early that, Hey, I don't know where your heart is right now, but this is, this is something we're going to work on. Then they'll, you know, but if they don't have any, any desire or wish to do that, then it's just not a good fit. You know? Yeah. One of the biggest things that I thought about while I was at Asbury or the first, you know, it being at a college like Asbury playing on a lower level, it makes you think about life after the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so on my last podcast, I was, I was also talking about that as well. And when I say life after the game, that just doesn't mean work life. That means, you know, having a wife, kids, mm-hmm. how do you, like you said, navigate day-to-day interactions. Um, so what are, what are some of the biggest life lessons that you try to impart, um, about life after, after, um, yeah. basketball? Being part of something bigger than yourself is probably the, the big thing. Nobody steps out of college and is the CEO of a company. Yeah. And it's hard because players are coming from a high school situation where they've gotten a lot of shots, a lot of playing time. Now we're going to work our way up through, and it's not a business. Uh, you know, they say college, college basketball in some, some places like a business. It's not business for us here. This is, we treat it like a family, but in the working world, as far as, what position you're going to take. You're going to have to take an entry-level job to get your foot in the door. Well, your freshman year may be that entry-level job. Mm-hmm. You may get promoted quicker than others, or you might have to work in that same position for a couple of years in, in order to, to show that you're worthy of that. And I think that's probably the biggest thing, trusting people. You know, you got to have down the stretch. You know, we like I was telling you, those last four minutes, 
sometimes I have, I don't, I still don't know if I were to write it down, okay, who I, who I trust in the last four minutes until you're in the moment and you say, we got to have this person in there because I just feel right about him. Handling. It's guys that, that kind of suffer with you, you know, yeah. walk hurts them, um, who, who want it like you, who want it for you and you want it for them. And sometimes you don't know who that is until it gets to that point. And you're like, wow, I really do trust that person more than I thought. Um, trust in person to make the decisions during the game. It's not easy. Believe me. When your number four player on your team, third or four player, is just as good as your number 12 player, figuring out a rotation, that's hard. That's hard. So, you know, you got to have some trust in that. And sometimes you got to have some uh, vulnerability for me to tell the guys, man, I screwed that one up. You know, that was on me. You know, I'm going to make bad decisions. You're going to throw the ball away every once in a while. We're going to have to live with that. But if we can do this together and believe in each other, then, then we'll get where we want to get. Do you have a moment that sticks out in your mind that makes you the most proud of what you've achieved in, in coaching or your favorite? It doesn't have to be like the best moment, but maybe your favorite, you know, memory that you have. Um, there's a there's a couple that stand out. I know that like when I first came to Asbury, even as a player, we we're really trying to get our um, – like get known as a good NAI program. NAI Division II program at the time. Some of the best schools in that were a school called Mount Vernon Nazarene, mm -hmm. um, Indiana Wesleyan, um, those guys. So they were the same level as us. Like if you look at Georgetown and Cumberland and Kingsville, they were NAI Division I. But the schools that were Christian college, you know, private, high academic, like that matched what we were, those were the Bethel of Indiana, Huntington, Indiana. So anyway, we got invited my second year. So I was 20, 29 years old. We got invited to play at Mount Vernon's um, homecoming. Well, who you who are you scheduling for homecoming? You know, yeah. you, you schedule somebody, and they gave us $1,000 and they fed us. Well, so Philip Morrison was actually a junior on that team. Adam Delph uh, was a freshman on that team. Justin Jones was a freshman. Um, these are all players who are – in the history of Asbury basketball have made their mark, but they were all youngsters. But we went up there and we won in overtime, Phil threw one in from about 25 feet. And I thought, we're not there yet, but somebody's here and us, you know, we're making moves. Cause you know, Asbury was fairly a new program. 91, 92 was the first intercollegiate year. Yeah. So still fairly new, trying to make a name. I mean, it went from everybody, you know, playing us on their senior night to right. hopefully us getting some respect that was one, um, gosh, getting us to the championship, that would have been your junior year, right? Mm -hmm. The championship of the conference tournament. Oh, it hurts me to think about <laughs> because we were up six at halftime against Indiana Southeast at their place. And it just kind of slipped away from us, foul trouble, not being able to put the ball in the basket a little bit, kind of slipped away. But I thought if we can get here, we can get here again. And we hadn't we hadn't been there for a while. Yeah. But it's uh, those are some moments I think I thought when uh, Jordan Gilbert, uh, point guard, he's now the, the head coach at uh, Green County High School. He threw one in from the corner against Rio Green. We were down 17 with four minutes to go, and uh, came back and got the win. But gosh, I could talk about some of these games all day. But yeah, that those are games I look back and like maybe I made a move. 
the coaching move and mm-hmm. help win. Because <laughs> there's plenty of where I look back and I'm like, man, I should have done something different to help us win. But um, the, the big comeback at, at Kentucky State that you were a part of. Oh, like, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> because I'm telling you, like, though, some environments that, that we played in aren't the easiest to play in. And seeing your team step up and, like, all of a sudden wake up going, we belong here. And I think that's what – that's those are some – and hopefully there's some more coming with us, you know, in the NCAA Division Three that we can make some new new paths for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Coach, I, uh, I really appreciated your time on this. It was exciting to have you on and talk talk ball and talk a little bit more in depth about some things in depth – not in death, but uh, I really appreciate it, sir. And uh, yeah, man, I love you. And love it. Yeah, I love you too. The uh, the thing I love that you're doing this because anytime you can you can shine a light on basketball and coaching things I'm passionate about, I love it. I've listened to every one of them, man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's fun. What, what's most fun for me is unpacking those memories we have of like pickup and playing with older guys, and some of yeah. those memories you don't really think about until you're with you know high school friends or something. Right, right. No, that is fun. That is fun. Well, thanks for having me on. Yep. Between the game and life. Thanks, coach.